Listener Production. Hi, I'm Helen McCabe, founder of Future Women, a community dedicated to helping women connect, learn and lead. One of the most exciting ways we do this is at our annual Future Women Leadership Summit. This year's summit was equally thought-provoking and inspirational, offering plenty of practical take-home advice to accelerate your career. If you couldn't make it, don't worry. I'm bringing you the next best thing to being in the room and sharing the highlights from this year's event. Most women in leadership are familiar with issues like stress, insecurity and imposter syndrome. The good news is that overcoming these perceived setbacks is entirely possible. In this episode, you'll hear from two women with loads of practical advice on how to adjust your mindset in order to lead with confidence and success. First, you'll hear from medical practitioner and nutrigenomic specialist, Dr. Karen Coates. In this discussion, Dr. Coates shares her insights on the CEO brain, which is the brain from which effective leaders operate. And she provides practical tips on how to maintain a constant state of emotional intelligence. Our ability to communicate effectively relies on some strong neural connections with the part of our brain that we call the prefrontal cortex. It's actually your CEO. It's the CEO part of the brain that controls your thoughts, your words, your ability to plan effectively, your source of inspiration. I'm going to share with you some simple strategies I use to keep my connection with my CEO brain really strong and why this is important for effective team leadership. When working from your CEO brain, you're connecting with your emotional intelligence, and this reflects in a style of communication that's cooperative, open, analytical, and self-aware. Your CEO talks to your social brain, and it's from here we can share strong personal relationships and genuine bonds with people. This is where effective leaders lead from. Being strongly connected to your CEO brain leads to a flow zone of peak productivity in your workspace, in your working life. You can keep all of the balls up in the air and catch some curve balls that come in unexpectedly. We've all had those days in flow where everything just nailed it. And we go home thinking, gosh, what a great day it's been. Why can't every day be like this, in flow? To answer that question, let's rewind the clock and look at the start of a typical day for a modern woman. We're sleeping in the safety and comfort of our own bedroom, and all of a sudden, the alarm goes off. Now, the very word alarm (laughs) creates a little bit of anxiety in us, and its accompanying siren pushes us immediately into a nervous system fear response, and we haven't even opened our eyes yet. Then there's the scramble to read overnight emails, additions to the daily to-do list, and perhaps a quick review of the morning news, and that's never a good feel-good experience. (laughs) While this is all happening in your conscious mind, Other parts of your brain are working behind the scenes, analysing your thoughts and feelings on an ancient template of survival, trying to work out how safe our day ahead is likely to be. 
Every unhelpful, stressful thought will be interpreted as an unsafe day ahead. And if the final evaluation is very stressful, definitely not very safe day ahead, then your survival reflex instantly goes on to autopilot, hijacking control from your CEO brain to your limbic system red zone emergency mode. This survival reflex hasn't changed in over 65,000 years of human existence. But the triggers for activating it today are very different from those of our ancient tribal sisters. Before you even get out of bed, your thoughts have produced excess anxiety-tweaking stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. Now, what does this have to do with effective leadership? Well, conversations that come from a sea of stress hormones are very different from those controlled by the emotionally intelligent CEO brain. Behaviour that originates from the red zone results in a destructive style of communication. Let's call it bad behaviour, B-A-D. Blame. Or it's not my fault, it's her fault. Attack. It's your fault. Or defence. Well, I'm right, you're wrong, just deal with it. Now, when you're operating from the red zone, you have a great need to be right because in truly dangerous times, your life could depend on it. But as a leader, it can be one of the most destructive behaviours for team cohesion. And sadly, women also pay a much higher price in health and hormonal harmony when constantly bathed in that sea of catabolic stress hormones. So how do you build and maintain strong connections with your CEO brain, avoiding that red zone trigger, despite the challenges that your day may throw at you? Firstly, consider this. We have 70,000 thoughts wandering through our unconscious mind every waking day. Ask yourself, are my thoughts likely to be helpful or stressful? The internal pressure of those stressful thoughts adds to our stress hormone burden of that day. And our brain truly doesn't know the difference between perceived threat and real threat. So, tip one, find time to do a two-minute audit of those thoughts that are wandering through your brain. Imagine you have two buckets to fill, one for helpful thoughts and one for stressful, unhelpful thoughts. Grab each thought as it wanders through your brain and throw them into its correct bucket. If you were to imagine doing that right now, which bucket of yours would fill first? Revisit that audit now and ask your brain to reframe some of those negative intrusive thoughts and replace them with helpful ones. It may be replacing this thought, oh my God, I was so stupid to have done that, what was I thinking? with something that's a little bit helpful. On reflection, how could I have managed that challenge more effectively? The more you practice reframing those negative thoughts, the more resilient and stronger your CEO connection to your brain becomes. Practice pressing the pause button in the middle of a heated situation before being hijacked to that red zone your adrenaline fight and flight hormone will transport you there faster than anything else. 
And the only way to get rid of adrenaline once it's there is to move your body. Anyone been really annoyed by that jittery leg movement by somebody who's in the middle of the meeting and the, the floor's going underneath the boardroom meeting? Now, these people are trying to dissipate adrenaline and are tottering on the edge of their red zone. It's a terribly uncomfortable place to be, so please be kind to them. For a more socially acceptable way to reduce adrenaline and stay in CEO control in the middle of an argument, press pause. Excuse me, just need to go to the bathroom. Head off to the loo, ladies. Close the cubicle door and start air punching as hard and fast as you can, two minutes by the clock. Now, two things are going to happen. Number one is you're going to be dissipating adrenaline. As you finish that air punching, concentrate on three slow, deep breaths from your belly. Flush, open the door and head out and you're going to win that argument because you're now strongly connected to your CEO. The other thing that will happen is you will build amazing arm muscles too. <laughs> right. And finally, practice daily affirmations. Tomorrow morning, homework task. Walk past the bathroom mirror, naked. How's that going? <laughs> Take a moment to reflect on that. Your new mantra when that happens is, oh my God, you are awesome. Now, you might not believe what you're saying in that moment of time, but after 21 days of these daily affirmations, interesting things happen and have been proven to build stronger neural connections to that CEO part of your brain that enhances self-esteem and enables you to be an awesome leader. Thank you. Next, you'll hear from personal brand strategist, Kath Clark. Kath talks about owning your uniqueness and reframing the negative labels we give ourselves to be positive. In doing this, Kath begins her discussion engaging in negative self-talk, but by the end demonstrates how powerful not believing all the little judgments we tell ourselves can be. Hello? Okay. So I did it again. I was just out there and I screwed up. I talked too much. Ugh, I do it all the time. I ask too many questions, get way too involved. Just go that little step too far, too much, too much, too much. But you know what? Maybe being too much is not a bad thing. Maybe it's not. Hey, I'm sorry, actually, I've just realised I'm super judging you guys right now and I'm sure if you were here, <laughs> you'd be judging me too. And are you guys judging me right now? Actually, don't answer that question because I actually know that you are. And when you sat down in the room yesterday morning, you looked straight at the person next to you and you started judging her too. But you didn't it really unconsciously. It's superhuman. It's okay. You can let yourself off the hook. Just take a little look at the sister sitting next to you and think, oh, yeah, I did do that yesterday, didn't I? And... <laughs> today. It turns out she's really nice. Mm. So we're all judging each other. But what if 
all of those labels that we got given, because we did, I mean, many of us got labels, what if they aren't right? What if we lived our life the whole time through a lens of something that was completely incorrect or maybe covered up our superpower? What if, just for a second, it wasn't right, but it also wasn't wrong? Come with me on this journey. What if it wasn't good or bad? What if it was nothing? What if we just made it mean something and lived our entire life through that lens, because sometimes I feel like I'm walking around with a paper bag on my head that has all of these labels on the inside. Talks too much. I mean, I remember when I was four, this one of mum's friends came up to me and said, God, we're gonna have to get you a set of encyclopedias, aren't you? You've got so many questions. Well, it turns out I did a journalism degree. So I wasn't so bad at asking questions. I wasn't great at the cricket bit though. I had to interview Ricky Ponting once and I was just like, ah, so how was the pitch? I was really glad there was an ABC journalist standing next to me that asked some more informative questions. Anyway, what if it's not right or wrong? What if it's not good or bad? That paper bag defined my view of life for so many years until 2017 when I got one of those, you know those little moments where you just, you need it, you know, and it just something just pops up in your field of vision all of a sudden? And for me, it was a quote by Steve Jobs that said, The moment that we realise that this thing called life, this reality of ours, is essentially made up of constructs and ideas by no one any smarter than you. And I read that and went, me? And I don't know why it really landed with me, but he said, that's the minute you can poke reality. And I was like, huh. (laughs) All right. So I'm standing there with my metaphorical paper bag over my head and I just gave it a little poke and a little rip, and I stuck my head through on the other side and I went, wow. So out there in the land where nothing's right or wrong, good or bad, and there's no judgment, literally anything is possible. So bring the paper bag into your mind. Think of all the labels that you got labelled as a kid. So we're going to rip the paper bag off. And on the other side, I really want you to get into your mind's eye what life could look like if you stopped believing all the judgments that we make in split seconds. What does it actually feel like when there's nothing right or wrong, good or bad on the other side? What's possible in that space? Now, sometimes when we rip off labels because we gave them to ourselves for good reason, to cover up some trauma maybe, it feels a little bit unsafe. So we're gonna make it safe. I want you to pretend that you've got a laser beam in the end of your finger and draw yourself a nice circle around you. This is the safe circle. And we're gonna fill the, put, put over the top of the safe circle a beautiful glass dome. Now, we're gonna fill the glass dome with all of your juicy uniqueness. So everything that you love about yourself, close your eyes, everything that you love about yourself. Everything that you love, people come to you for. When they come to you, you feel really of value and of service and you, you love it, you love being that person for them. Everything that you know to be authentically you. And maybe just that label, like I had mine, too chatty, too many questions, But that was my superpower, so maybe you could inverse that label and add in all of the goodness from that too and really feel a golden glow filling up that golden dome, that space, and just soak it all in. 
And on the other side of that, I want you to put a problem that's going on in your life right now, just about a metre out in front of you. It could be a health problem, could be money stuff, maybe something going on in your career development, a relationship problem. Just pick something, pop it out the front. And start seeing how you could solve that problem through that golden view, that uniqueness of yours. How could things be different? What ripple could you have in the world if you solved that problem from all of your uniqueness? What impact could that have? Where could it go? What sliding door would that open what tendril and network could that connect to to somebody else if, it, if you weren't too scared to fully show up in all your uniqueness? What impact could you make if you truly owned your uniqueness? How could you accelerate this change? Thank you. Thanks to our speakers, Dr. Karen Coates and Kath Clark. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Executive producer is Jennifer Goggin. Series producer is Holly Mitchell and audio imaging by Nat Marshall. 